Welcome to VR in Education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR in Education. So in today's episode, we're looking at the, the medical industry and how it's using VR to educate each other. So there's virtual conferences, learning from experienced doctors. There's also practicing real-life procedures and even scenarios. And then there's the metaverse. There's huge potential here for doctors. So today, we've invited Dr. Stephen Houston III, who's a virtual retinal surgeon and also founder of MetaMed. And we also have Dr. Eric Rosenberg, who's a corneal cataract and refractive surgeon and also co-founder of MetaMed. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Craig. Yeah, thank you, Craig. Looking forward to the conversation. Speaking of that, let's let's get into the origin story. So what got you guys interested in you know, 3D virtual spaces and VR in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to take it back uh, several years. Eric and I have both had the early transition from an analog microscope where we do all of our surgeries under a microscope because uh, obviously the eyeball is pretty small. But we, at least seven years ago, when the first kind of analog to digital switch with the microscope happened, we were early adopters in that technology. So we've been using the, the camera-mounted uh, HDR camera and a, a 3D 4K uh, screen to do most of our surgeries, you know, leading from then up until now. You know, I had started working on some projects a few years ago looking at live surgical uh, streaming of, of the 3D content and also kind of a telementoring aspect to it. So, you know, that kind of led over the past two years into working on those workflows. But the, always the drawback was is how to best view the 3D content that we captured. Um, you know, there's a lot of off the shelf, you know, things, putting a cell, a cell phone in a little box and viewing it. You know, most people don't have 3D television. So when VR came on, you know, that was a big potential to, you know, exploit that and visualize our 3D content with that. So Eric and I, you know, started talking um, late last year as we kind of had a mutual friend that put us in touch. We were working in the same spaces and kind of knew of each other, but didn't really uh, start working with each other until late last year. And you know, we started to explore what this could look like from both his background and my background, where we could start to take what we had been working on the last few years and this recent analog to digital switch in the uh, operating room, and then start to apply new ways forward, new way, new platforms that we could host this content and bring people together. So, you know, I think that was the original kind of where we've gone over the last few years. And then leading up into uh, late last year, when we came together, we started discussing, you know, mutual ideas and ways to move forward and then formalized the company uh, beginning of this year. And then, you know, it's been pretty steady growth and a lot of uh, excitement uh, across the board from there. Eric, Stephen kind of outlined a great little trajectory of the company. How about you? Like, so VR is 
obviously not something quite yet anyway that's ubiquitous for people what you know for you it's like yeah i'm in like i love <laughs> vr tell, tell me tell me that tell me that understanding that sort of went through your head no, absolutely, Craig. Um, you know, I, I think Steve hit the nail on the head when uh, he was talking about uh, 3D digital visualization in the operating room. Um, that's really what drew us to VR. Um, we can record our surgeries in in 3D with um, with side by side COMS cameras, uh, but up until date. There was nothing that we could really use to play back that feature. Um, it's, uh, Steve and I do enjoy uh, uh, gaming a little bit, uh, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, it definitely drew some of our attention. And you know, I, I think Population One might be to thank in this particular instance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's pretty wild, um, you know, what exploring other sectors can do for. Um, you know, cross collaboration. Um, you know, both Steve and I are also engineers, so we've found that uh, throughout our time in medicine, uh, that a lot of the advancements have taken place due to people with uh, multidisciplinary backgrounds. And by uh, integrating some of your passions, uh, you can really produce some novel ideas uh, that didn't otherwise exist. Uh, so, touching back on uh, again the the 3D digital visualization that's in our operating room, uh, and on top of it, what our side passion was a little bit was was gaming, um, you know, and 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 seeing what these technologies can do. We went from from Atari to N64, GoldenEye, right, uh, to to Xbox and PS3s and fours, and now five, um, but you know, uh, Oculus coming out with the headsets, uh, and, and this new genre of, of like first person gaming and being enriched in these environments, uh, is, is really something else. And now you can start to assimilate, uh, similar features, uh, of those particular environments to things that we do, uh, in our day to day, you really have a recipe for success. And I'll, I'll, I'll add in there that, you know, Eric's not quite there yet. I grew up you know, video gaming as well, but I have an eight-year-old son and I, I definitely credit him and his Roblox adventures and Minecraft <laughs> adventures and being an only child that dad and he play together a lot that, you know, really got me seeing where the future was going through him in that he was, you know, fully immersed, even though it wasn't VR, but, you know, any kid in Minecraft or Roblox and when you play with them, and then you, you see how you're immersed in these 3D worlds and how it's almost second nature to them, you know, where they're growing up with this. So, you know, light bulb in my head said, you know, this is the, the future is these these 3D virtual environments when it comes to, you know, us all connecting in a, a digital virtual space. So definitely credit that as well, because that really was what, you know, when I talked to, it's funny, when I talked to some colleagues or others about, you know, metaverse and, you know, even web three stuff, they may not always get it. But then when I talk to my son, who's only eight, it, it clicks right away. Like he totally gets these, these concepts. So, you know, I, I think that looking at it from, from their eyes and where the future is going, you know, with the generations below us, you know, it's, it's a no brainer to say that, you know, this is where the future is leading. You know, well said. As someone who teaches in the K to twelve space, you know, you could I I could bottle that and actually start to spread it to the teachers that I work with. So, yeah, well <laughs> said. 
let's jump back to to the medical hat for a sec because there are you know I've been following this uh, this space VR for many years now and there are definitely many medical VR companies out there. You know, they may not be under your genre of the focus on the eye, but, you know, there's surgical companies like Precision OS and uh, also VR. So these 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 are medical simulations. There's Simex as well and Oxford Medical. So why start Meta uh, MetaMed when you probably already knew that there were a ton of other medical companies out there? How are you different than them, maybe? So, Greg, uh, Steve, if, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, you know, with those particular companies, and, and, and there's, there's a handful of others as well, um, especially in ophthalmology. Ophthalmology has been a very tech progressive uh, field of medicine for quite some time now. Um, and usually on the cutting edge of a lot of these technologies and integrating them into daily practice, um, within our conferences, uh, you'll see these companies coming out with uh, surgical simulators for residents and other educational tools um, that, that exist. At the moment, um, there was nothing that existed that brought clinicians and scientists uh, together in a similar format um, in, into the metaverse uh, to be able to, to provide knowledge transfer and sharing. Additionally, um, you know, a, a lot of these tools are, are exactly that. They're tools uh, designed for education and, and residency training and surgical procedure training, um, but nothing that augments uh, the current practices that are in place um, for, you know, residents, fellows, uh, junior attendings, all the way up to senior attendings, where, you know, we fly across the nation. And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Steve started, um, uh, you know, a, a discussion with, you know, how he uh, winds up traveling a, a lot for, for meetings. Um, we all do. And this offers us an alternative um, and, uh, uh, you know, to maybe some of these smaller meetings and, uh, you know, a way to be able to um, collaborate uh, across any border, across any distance in a very fast and seamless approach. Uh, and because uh, Steve and I uh, wind up doing a, a lot of talking for um, ophthalmology uh, on, on different platforms and and uh, you know uh, different instruments and tools, uh, you know we understand how how the space works, uh, and we understand you know what our colleagues want as well out of this. So uh, it was really a no brainer to sit down, um, you know, formulate a plan, and start to execute it uh, as the vision that that is MetaMed Media. And I'll, I'll also add to that is that. You know, a lot of the companies you mentioned and many others are making some really brilliant, uh, you know, software advance and hardware advancements. I mean, I think that, you know, we, we consult with a few companies that have developed, you know, uh, ophthalmic surgical simulators that have a VR component. Um, and there's a lot more coming. The problem we saw is that they often um, sit in a silo. Uh, you know, it's where, you know, a certain company may have that single, you know, option for teaching or training tool. But when we look at, you know, medicine in general and many other industries is there needs to be something that brings everyone together to want to then utilize that. Because, you know, during COVID, there was a comp companies we worked with that had virtual showrooms, you know, that people could go into for products. They had you know, these simulators. But 
in talking to them over the over the years, they didn't get much traction in that. So what we feel that we can bring and build is that ecosystem that brings the industry together, that brings the academics together, that brings the physicians and surgeons together, that brings the medical students and residents and fellows together and brings them into a central platform or ecosystem that then can have these different layers for these tools and trainings and conferences and other things. So we want to build the reason for the experiences and the reasons for people to want to come in and be part of this and collaborate. And that can mean, you know, adding these additional tools and simulators and other things within there that other companies are building. But we want to create that that underlying ecosystem that bridges it all together. Stephen or Eric, you guys recently like let, let's let's give a picture to the audience in regards to what uh, a session might look like. And you recently had a few sessions, so obviously it's a social VR type platform where you invite other like-minded, you know, medical people to talk about and then maybe see or learn and share best practices as it pertains to your craft. So walk us through like what a typical session might look like. How, how long is it? You know, do you meet in like an amphitheater, et cetera? Um, so a typical session uh, winds up being somewhere between one and two hours. Uh, we invite our colleagues, friends, um, students from all around the world uh, to come partake in the session. Uh, it, it does look like a conference room. Actually, one of the spaces uh, we built out to our specifics, uh, believe it or not, is, is on the moon. It's a moon stage uh, with, uh, you know, <clears throat> very, uh, very, very similar features to what a, what a conference hall would look like, um, you know, with, with standard seating. Um, we have maybe like a hundred foot screen at, at the, at the back of the uh, stage. Um, and, uh, you know, we can import features unique, uh, to that particular discussion, whether it be a, a special instrument that we're talking about, or, you know, a special visualization device, um, or even a drug compound, right? So we can bring those things in to almost interact with uh, afterwards or before um, the presentation itself. Uh, but colleagues, again, from from all over come into the space uh, and just uh, do some knowledge uh, transfer. Uh, you know, it's, it's really phenomenal being able to watch these videos back in 3D. And the latest one I'm going to... Uh, to, to mention is a, a retina uh, video that I watched. And again, I'm, I'm a cataract and cornea surgeon, so I, I specialize on the front of the eye and not in the back. And it's been a little while since residency for me um, where I, uh, you know, understand or where I could be able to practice anything on the backside of the eye. And watching these videos and learning from these retina surgeons is really something special for me um, because I'm out of residency. I don't get exposure to this on my day to day. And not only that, I'm, I'm experiencing those videos and this discussion as it pertains to that surgery in 3D. Um, it, it feels like I was there. It feels like I was the one doing it. So I, I really can understand what it is that they're talking about. Um, I have a little bit of FOMO uh, where, you know, I, <laughs> I maybe made the wrong career choice, right? Um, but, you know, it, it's just, 
it's it's really um, you know a spectacular uh, event. Every time I sit down for for Retinaverse, I I, I learn something, um, and you know after being in school for twenty years, uh, it's it's hard to believe that you could just keep learning uh, every day. Yeah, and you know for Retinaverse, you know usually we have myself and John Kitchens, another retina surgeon, uh, hosting it, and then obviously Eric, you know, is 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 there as well, and others to help you know make sure you know it goes off with a with a success. But you know the the amazing part is is that we've had we have people from all around the world. I mean, I think last night we had people from like six or seven different countries, and so you're talking about you know impromptu, not a conference or anything like that, but that we can get people from anywhere around the world to come in. You know, we often all invite guest present presenters to, you know, present their own videos. Um, you know, so we, we're, it's pretty open where people can bring in cases that either, you know, they want to show and people can learn from, or sometimes it's a case where, you know, they aren't sure what the next steps may be. Like, you know, they ended up doing that surgery, but then the patient needs, you know, a reoperation and they, they want to you know, get feedback from top surgeons regarding that. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that, that this, that this learning can happen, but, you know, as Eric said, the, the, the fact is, is you can, you watch the video that's in stereoscopic 3d and with the way we operate now, being in the operating room and watching a 55-inch screen, you're, like Eric said, if you're watching these videos with everyone, you feel like you're getting the same exact viewing that the surgeon would. So, you know, that knowledge transfer is just amazing because now you can take, you know, maybe there's residents or fellows or even attendings that are in parts of the world that may not get access to a lot of these types of cases that you know, can come in and, and learn. So, you know, it breaks down those barriers uh, for many around the world uh, to get access to you know, the top education possible. Um, you know, it may not be uh, feasible or financially or geographically to be able to travel to a top institution, you know, in certain areas and spend, you know, a couple weeks learning from a surgeon there. Like this flips that on its head and, and really changes the paradigm of how, you know, how available knowledge is within the healthcare space. And, you know, I think that's one of the most exciting parts as well. You know, I looked at your website and one of the things that really stood out to me was a quote that you said, Stephen, which goes like this. It says, I think spatial audio is one of the key aspects of the metaverse. Unpack that for us. Like what, what does that mean yeah. for, for the listeners? 100%. I mean, so, you know, a lot of us got familiar during, you know, COVID doing, you know, virtual conferencing and, and things like that. And you know, honestly, we've seen a significant dip even after COVID now, uh, you know, almost three years that in-person conferences are still it's still the best way to get together with colleagues and learn and, and collaborate and interact and, and really push, you know, knowledge forward. But we've seen across the board for one reason or another that a lot of conference attendance has gone down substantially. And there's been a lot of virtual, you know, offerings that have kind of popped up that people, you know, attend. You know, the problem with a lot of that is, as all of us have seen, you know, those little boxes of, you know, images of people and, 
the discourse and talking gets very janky when you get more than, you know, two or three people to try to have discussions and things like that. So, you know, looking at the metaverse and coming into a 3D virtual environment that allows you to walk around and move around and have that 3D spatial audio and awareness really gives that sense of presence and feel and immersiveness that you just don't get in other you know avenues and platforms so you know that we actually had a new new person come in the other day that one of the biggest things they said that was the fact that they walked in right as they started and could just feel like there was these different conversations going on all around the room and they they said man it feels like i just walked into a conf a regular conference in person like that just struck me it struck them and saying wow this is just really simulates that so much better than anything else we do. So combine that 3D spatial audio, it allows you to feel like you're there with someone. And, you know, it, it, it amazes me every every time. It's like, I haven't seen many of my colleagues, you know, in months or even years. But after this, you know, next time I see them, I'll feel like I've just been hanging out with them almost every weekend, you know, type of thing. So, you know, I, I just feel like that ability to walk freely around a 3D virtual environment and then have the 3D spatial audio just create something special in my mind that is, you know, no other virtual type of offering can capture that. And then, you know, as you probably are aware, I think there's a lot of research that, that's been done and, and it will be done about the improved uh, retention for learning in these type of environments and, you know, just the improvement in, in the interactions. You know, you're not, how many times on a, on, a, on a video conferencing call are you doing other things and multitasking? You're not actually present there. So not, not only is it not immersive, but then you often aren't present where when I'm in my VR headset, like that's my focus. I can make those connections, be with people, you know, create new new bonds with colleagues. So, you know, that's all, it's a, it's a tech stack that, that goes many layers, but I think that 3D spatial audio is a, a huge factor there. Yeah, and besides conferences, the other thing that I noticed that you guys alluded to was this notion of, you know, grand rounds. So for the layman, what, what are grand rounds and how are you using them in the metaverse to help the medical field? So green rounds take place at almost every major academic institution in the country um, in all subspecialties of medicine. Um, green rounds are a time where the entire department gets together um, and discusses cases, uh, whether they are routine um, just to get residents and medical students and fellows on board uh, with, with seeing, you know, what the, what the routine daily surgeries are um, or whether it's something more complex or, or as, as we say in the medical field, a zebra, um, something that's extremely uncommon uh, that you don't really expect to see. And oftentimes that gets referred into the academic medical centers. Um, the importance of those grand rounds, though, is, again, knowledge transfer. Uh, usually a resident fellow or medical student will be presenting a case up in front of the entire faculty um, to, to, to watch. Um, and, and discuss because sometimes things can present as one thing but turn out to be another. And uh, this new modality uh, allows us to convey that same information again um, 
that we would normally do in a standard lecture hall. The problem with bringing an entire department into the same room is exactly that. Uh, everybody needs to step aside and, and take time away um, from where they are, physically relocate. Um, so if you're talking about a large academic institution that has three hospital sites um, where there are residents uh, and fellows covering all those different uh, locations, they all need to come to a central hub in order to reconvene, to rediscuss. And these grand rounds are really important. Um, this has been a consistency going throughout the history of medicine. So um, it's something we routinely do. Now in the metaverse, uh, you can plop on your headset or you could actually go on your computer or iPhone or I, uh, your iPad um, and, and be physically present uh, to touch on something Steve just said before too. You know, um, I, I just had a video call uh, with uh, retina surgeon uh, John Kitchens, uh, who helped me uh, set up something called the Digital Ophthalmic Society. And we were just talking about um, our Digital Ophthalmic Society on this uh, this video call. And he goes, Eric, it's really funny. I'm, I'm looking at you, but um, it's it's strange because I recognize you more by your avatar now than I do by, by your face, <laughs> and that's what, that's wild, right? Um, you know, because we're fully engaged uh, in the metaverse uh, with each other and in talking. Um, that that that's, that's something that exists, and um, you know, for these grand rounds. Um, to be able to replicate yourself, um, put yourself in virtually, not have to physically, uh, you know, transfer yourself. It's going to offer, you know, benefits all around, whether it be patient care, because now that hospital is, you know, uncovered for that particular subspecialty for that for that hour, right? Um, while those people are, are leaving the hospital to only come back, uh, you know, obviously in emergency situations, they're excused, but then uh, those residents and fellows and medical students aren't getting the education that they need to better um, their future patients, which is ultimately what matters when you're training uh, these early doctors. You, you want them to be able to digest as much as humanly possible so that they could take care of their future populations. Um, and, uh, you know, anything you can do to help, uh, save their time and, uh, allow them increased access, uh, is only going to better, um, everybody across the board. And, and this metaverse platform is just yet another tool, uh, that'll be available to them. So, uh, you know, when we do these grand rounds in the metaverse, they don't have to leave. We actually had a hand, uh, the first ever, uh, ophthalmology grand rounds took place, uh, what was it, Steve, maybe like, uh, five, six months ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, at New York medical college in Westchester medical center. Um, they all took headsets home. Um, and the ones that were in the hospital, put them on in the hospital and we were all, it felt like we were physically located in the same room while we were all, mm. I was, I was in my basement and, you know, uh, one of the lecturers was sitting on her couch, um, it just allows us to be almost omnipresent um, for the things that we need to be able to do in, in order to train doctors. Amazing. I think you're already sort of diving into this next query I had, which is you, you gentlemen are in ophthalmology. Is this sort of a field that lends itself or is any medical field able to sort of help, you know, make this particular medium flourish i mean when we st i mean obviously we're both uh, ophthalmologists so 
you know, for us, it was, you know, a no brainer to start where we are. But when we started MetaMed, it was never just that it's going to be, you know, an ophthalmology focused uh, platform and ecosystem. Like, you know, our goal, our goal is to, you know, obviously create something special within our field. But once we have those blueprints, it's very easy to then scale into other uh, specialties. And we're already we're already moving in those directions. So we, we've got, you know, uh, some neurosurgery colleagues that also do a lot of uh, can record 3D with some of their uh, inst- uh, um, cameras for their surgeries. So we're already working with them to start a, a similar type of process where, you know, we can we help them host and have neurosurgical type of experiences and rounds. Uh, several companies within the neurosurgery space that that they're working with that are looking to do you know product demonstrations, key opinion leader talks. So I mean, there's it's not just ophthalmology. There's definitely a lot of other uh, fields. And what we're also finding it doesn't have, always have to be surgical. I mean, there's several pharmaceutical companies because you know the, the reality is is you know I operate one day a week, but I'm in clinic four other days and the most of the care I do is often in clinics. So there's, and we use a ton of, you know, uh, pharmaceutical drugs for, for treatments for, for patients with retinal diseases. So we're in the process of working with a few big pharmaceutical companies to also, you know, highlight and bring, you know, their content and, and, and how they, um, how they get together with uh, physicians and surgeons and, you know, the key opinion leaders and moving that needle forward from a pharmaceutical standpoint. So I definitely don't think it's just for, um, you know, some of the surgical subspecialties or, you know, ophthalmology specifically. I think that this can, you know, uh, go across all specialties within medicine, but for us, starting where we are is is the beginning, uh, with a bigger plan that we're going to, you know, push this into all of healthcare. You know, you alluded to external companies like you know Johnson and Johnson, Philips, having three D models to help tell the story in the metaverse is key, and often it, it's expensive to get you know someone to to sit down for several hours and recreate like a digital twin of a certain, you know, surgical device or even like a certain medical uh, instrument that we need. Have you sort of engaged in talks with these companies to say, listen, there's a huge need for you as a company, Alcon being another one, to, to provide us with digital assets so that we can sort of use and promote them within the 3D space? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And we've been talking to them regularly about that. Uh, What's really nice is that a a lot of these companies already have uh, 3D models of, you know, some of the surgical tools and instruments uh, that we use on the daily basis. So um, recreating it is, is not terribly difficult um, based on on the models that they already have. Um, It's just how they want to get the message across and how we all want to get the message across to our colleagues about how to utilize, uh, you know, drug X or instrument Y um, or, you know, uh, practice B, right? Um, You know, it it just comes down to how we can uh, uniquely 
you know, address some of these problems that exist in front of us. Uh, having the, the, I don't think the metaverse is at the at the moment um, is is going to replace an in real life event uh, like a major conference, you know, uh, like something like our American Society of Cataract Refractive Surgery, American Society of Retina Surgery. We have these major meetings that that draw talent from all across the world, and there's definitely a need for that to still occur. Um, but to augment that uh, by providing some things that we just can't do at some of these major meetings, uh, that's where this metaverse application is going to be really valuable. And then working with the industry sponsors um, is going to be really helpful because we can start to use some of the things that they already have and then integrate them uh, into our metaverse platform. And I would also add to that is that, you know, <laughs> Like you said, it, it you know we we've we have you know contacts and work with some of the you know top metaverse building you know companies that can build some just amazing digital twins of you know anything and everything you may want. What we're seeing right now, though, is at least in healthcare and, and many other industries, is not every company or individual just wants to you know, jump in and start doing all that right away. So for us, it's also an important process that we're doing right now to onboard, you know, everyone. So, you know, for us, that means having the low barrier of entry of putting a, a good content, you know, putting together regular type of events where we bring in industry and we bring in all of the physicians and academic centers and students so that we get that critical mass of people that are actually utilizing the metaverse and it's not just this you know idea or thought so for us always it's been how can we onboard you know as many people of our colleagues and industry as possible because then once we have the people there and are doing things and actually having beneficial discussions and, you know, content and knowledge transfer, then people get it. I mean, that's what we're seeing right now is when we put on these events and then we have industry join us and we, we put on an event, an event to an event for Alcon just a, uh, like two weeks ago to highlight digital visualization. And, you know, you, you see them and their eyes light up when you have some of the top surgeons discussing their products in the way that they do surgery. And, you know, when you are able to put these things on and get people in there and then show industry why this is beneficial, you know, the next steps are, and we're already in those discussions, is, you know, building out more, you know, some of these digital twins of, you know, as Eric said, a lot of them have some some files already where we can bring in IFX files and, and have, you know, you know, some of their instruments. We brought that. We brought their Alcon's Ingenuity um system, you know, as a 3D replica into the spaces, we've done, you know, some, uh, you know, instruments already, you know, so we've done that. Now the, the next steps are potentially, you know, how do we have, or have, have build out those digital twins that are interactive. So say, say a company is coming out with a new, you know, uh, vitrectomy surgical platform that they want to teach people to use, you know, having a digital twin in the operating room where they can, where, where people can, either, you know, the, the, 
you know, representatives of the company can learn about it or, you know, teach, you know, new surgeons about it and it's fully interactive and they can, you know, do those things. So, you know, those are the next steps. But for us right now, it's really about that onboarding, which I think is critical in any metaverse application and company, because if you don't have people there that are, you know, taking a vested interest in being part of that platform, then you don't have an audience, you don't have users, and then the value is not there. So how do you create that value uh, in healthcare? And it's going to be getting all of the players in there and collaborating and working together. And do you have stats on, you know, how many people are actually joining in headsets versus, uh, I think Eric alluded to the fact that the platform that you're using there's other alternatives, like they could join on the computer, which isn't as immersive. Do you get sort of stats on that? And is is the headset thing a friction point or not? So that's, that's a really great question. Um, yes, we can identify who's coming in under uh, what modality um, and what media. And it's very interesting. Uh, when people first come in for the first time, they're oftentimes on their iPhone or iPad, um, not even a computer, and they get a feel for it. Um, they see, uh, they like what they see, but they they see the utility in being able to go down the rabbit hole. So um, our retention rate is really high uh, from you know doctors and, and residents and medical students who come into our platform. Um, it's well over 90% of people who come back again and they do so in a, in a more advanced uh, way. So usually after the second or third time, they're buying a headset. Um, <laughs> usually, usually the quest, uh, quest two, um, we've started to dabble in the quest pros, which uh, we like. And, you know, it's it's really funny, uh, you know. We're not convincing them one way or another. That's not what we're here to do. Um, we're just building out the platform so they can, uh, you know, learn from it. I, I here's a really good example. I brought in my father-in-law for one of our meetings, and he's been an ophthalmologist for 35 years. Um, and I've been talking about this metaverse project that uh, Steve and I have been working on for the for the last year and a half. And um, he, he never really got it. You know, people just kind of glaze over and, you know, just yes you to death. And um, he came in for the first time a, a couple months ago. And he called me up as soon as he got off. He came in on his phone. He goes, Eric. Eric. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, Rich. He goes, I was just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Liz Yu. Uh, Liz Yu happens to be a very prominent ophthalmologist in our field. Um, and he was like, I, I was sitting right next to her and I was, I was in my bed on my iPhone ha having a conversation um, with, with Liz Yu about what was going on on the screen. Um, and, and I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is what's so powerful about it. It really connects us uh, in ways that we couldn't, even at the major meeting. At the major meeting, it's really hard to sit next to, let's say, Liz Yu, because she's running around doing a million things and you know, time is tight. Um, but in the metaverse, you have one mission, one mission only, and, and that's to immerse yourself in this environment. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's pretty powerful, and uh, you know now he's coming back in. He's getting a headset himself. Uh, my, <laughs> I have one one headset for my household. My wife is also an ophthalmologist, um, so now I'm buying another one uh, for her because she wants to partake in it. And she was like, you know, I log in on my computer, and it's just it's 
it's not immersive enough, you know, it, it's playing back in 4k, uh, you know, uh, video, and it's very clear, you know, it, it's wonderful. I don't mind logging in from the computer. Uh, however, you know, it, it, when you put on the headset, you're there. Um, and you feel it on all those medias um, in, in order to gain entry, but you know it, it's definitely a step ladder, and the retention rate is really high. All our colleagues are really enjoying it. It's, it's a really wonderful thing to be able to provide this to them um, as a value add uh, for for their careers and their livelihoods. I mean, you're talking to a population that's dedicated 25 years of their life to to bettering others. And now we're able to, to share those things at a, at a higher degree. You know, people are, are loving it. And it's a really great use case um, for, for, these, uh, for these technologies. Well said. Listen, gentlemen, let, let's wrap up with a couple other questions here. And, and one is just, what's next? Like we're 2023. What, you know, you've obviously seen incredible growth, incredible interest. Where do you go from here? We've got some exciting things coming up. I think another big thing I don't think we've really talked about is a um, almost this thought of a hybrid type of experience where we don't necessarily, we, we partner with a conference and we have one of these coming up in May. I'll let Eric speak a little bit about because it's, it's the Digital Ophthalmic Society and that's one of his babies. Um, but Think about the, the having a in real life conference, but then having the digital twin of it, you know, in the metaverse to open up the access to so many more people around the world. But not only that is to have it where it's not just the people in the metaverse just hearing and seeing what's going on there, but then to actually stream back that metaverse component to the people in real life and to have this full kind of circle of an experience where everyone gets to, you know, interact and be together, whether you're in real life or in the metaverse. So, you know, we've got a big, big event coming up in May that, uh, like I said, I'll let Eric talk about, but that's super exciting for us because that's going to be a huge showcase for, you know, a lot of our colleagues and surgeons. And then for us, it's just continuing to build out, you know, experiences for people. I mean, we have a Retinaverse rounds that's regularly every week. We have Corneaverse that's just started regularly every week. Um, we're really trying to also accommodate to our, our colleagues around the world. I have a, a just a surgeon in, in Argentina that reached out today that would like to, you know, really have a Spanish speaking uh, focused uh, rounds uh, so that uh, we can, you know, expand kind of from a Latin American and let them, you know, have their own, uh, you know, their native language. Uh, we've had, you know, a few special interest groups with uh, over in, uh, in Asia and Japan uh, that, you know, we've started to, to push into. Um, so for us, you know, I think it's just continuing to grow and explore and innovate in the way that we deliver, you know, these new experiences, because, you know, if you look at it, you know, we're, we're, there's no playbook to follow, you know, for us, it's, it's what is the best way that we feel that we can provide the best experiences for our colleagues and keep pushing this space forward and, onboarding as many new people as we can into this into this space. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of exciting things. Uh, one one really exciting thing for me is is the prospect of uh, of you know right now we're kind of doing more asynchronous videos so that you're watching, you know, 
presenters are sharing videos that have been recorded and you're discussing them. But, you know, we already have the workflow and, you know, have done it where we can live stream 3D surgical video into the metaverse. So think about what that opens up where, you know, you could have your you could have different metaverse, you know, 3D, you know, uh, auditoriums or surgical auditoriums in the metaverse that you have cert- expert surgeons from around the world that are uh, that are streaming into there and, you know, people can be part of it and learn from it. So you can have mentors and, and other moderators in there helping students learn about what's going on. And, you know, the flip side is, is actually surgical telementoring. Maybe you have one-on-one sessions where, you know, a expert surgeon can be in the operating room room with another surgeon, but, but he's in the metaverse uh, where it's being live streamed and can give, you know, real time guidance and, and feedback on things. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of things we're already exploring and building. And I think I'm just excited about the next year of, you know, scaling and growing you know, a lot of these offerings that we're already, you know, working on. Before Eric, Before Eric, before you chime in, Eric, I just couldn't help but sort of allude to the fact that I have watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy and couldn't help but think (laughs) that maybe, maybe Netflix or someone could grab this and, you know, you could get like a TV contract for this. Yeah, it'd be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. Um, And, you know, to to end end the discussion a little bit uh, and uh, leave it off uh, with, with Steve, uh, you know, I, I think our, our our pipeline picture is also dovetailing uh, other technologies that that exist in in Web three um, into the metaverse and, and utilizing this as an entry point to that. Uh, with that said, I'll, <laughs> I, I think I got Steve really excited just now. Um, <laughs> so I'll turn it over to him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we've Eric and I have been in you know Web three for for a while now as well. So you know, a lot of interest in blockchain, uh, you know, and and the technology is coming forward with NFTs and things like that. So you know, in the future, and we're, we're already working on some aspects of on-chain identities and, uh, you know, on-chain, you know, resumes and, and many, many ways that we can, you know, better house a lot of our, our, our digital identity that's, you know, uh, you know, in a trust, trustly uh, type of environment such as, you know, a blockchain. Um, then taking that and how we integrate that into many of what we do uh, in the metaverse and being able to take, your identity around, your assets around, you know, you attend a meeting and, you know, once you've, you've connected your wallet to sign into that meeting and, and be part of that metaverse, now your, your continuing education credits just automatically get put in your wallet and you can take those with you. I mean, th- th- these are just minor examples, but you can envision that, you know, we, we can create these environments and for, for healthcare and physicians, you know, going fully web three right now is just, you know, not necessary because we need to onboard enough people in the metaverse first. But, you know, we're already thinking towards that that Web3 aspect of integrating a lot of what we can potentially do to really, you know, expand these types of offerings and, you know, create a new way that we can all interact and then, you know, have this digital identity as well. So, you know, I won't go in too much on it, but that's kind of on our horizon in the way of building out these tools as well, that they all can come together in the future and, you know, create something that's, you know, truly uh, unique offering for the metaverse and then building out these additional tools. 
Well, amazing. Gentlemen, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. If someone wants to learn more or get a hold of you guys to sort of see, you know, what else they kind of want to dive into, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, well, you can uh, go to metamedmedia.com and uh, contact us as present there. Um, you're always more than welcome to email Steve and I directly. I'm always happy to give out my email. It's uh, eric, E-R-I-C, the letter R, 29 at gmail.com. Yeah, and same same for me. I mean, you can definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, definitely a good good source there. And then my email as well is s Houston H O U S T O N the number three at gmail.com. and you know the website definitely has a lot of information for what we're doing and can and can contact uh, us through that. But you know we're open to I'm always at least uh, Eric too. I think we're always open to you know discussing with not only our colleagues within healthcare but across any industry because you know I really strive thrive on you know a lot of that cross collaboration because those ideas that's that are in other industries is what I think Eric and I have you know, staked a lot of our career and interest in technologies is taking what not, is not necessarily being done in medicine and bringing it over to what we do. So always love talking to new uh, people about what they're doing in, in other industries. Yeah. And well thank said. Thank you for hosting such a great platform, Craig. Uh, we really appreciate yeah, you know you having, having us, us here today. Appreciate it. Yeah, you, listen, you guys, you talk about cross-platform, like so your story about your son and, you know, how he's learning and, and that's our new generation. I mean, you know, we, we should be more interdisciplinary in regards to how this new medium, this new communication tool that is, you know, it's going to be, you know, I, I, I feel it's in, inevitable. It's going to be upon us. And, and how do we harness it so that uh, we can use it effectively? So kudos to you guys for, for doing that early. So thanks a lot, and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, thank you, Craig.